Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. Uh, if you can believe it, we talked about it a little bit on last week's podcast. Uh, we're already talking about the 2020-2021 NBA season. It's already time to fire it back up again. It doesn't seem like that long ago that we talked about the end of the 2020 season and the bubble, but it's time to get started again. Um, on to what, at least on the surface, you know, will likely be a relatively normal season. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're, you're going to have, you're going to see what you've been seeing in the NFL. Games are going to get rescheduled. Games are going to, you know, there are going to be, you know, issues with coronavirus. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, it's going to look relatively normal. Everybody playing in their own arenas, that kind of thing. So uh, we're no here. Fans. No fans. No fans. No, no, so is it no fans across the board or is it kind of like the NFL where they can be like kind of liberal with their own? You know, I'm not sure because from what I understand, I don't think the Pacers are having any fans, but, you know, the Colts are allowed to. Yeah. Some. Yeah. So. No, I, I can see the NBA because I don't know either, but I can see the NBA being like, hey, you know, we were really strict about the bubble. So at least in these first few months, let's have no fans. Um, and then uh, that may, they may also then go the baseball route and be like, well, we do still want the uh, playoff revenue. So what, what I could see is them having, if they do allow fans putting banners up for like the first 10 to 15 rows, because you definitely don't want fans sitting on top of the court like they do. True. Um, that's, that definitely would put the players in a, and that would put the players at jeopardy for sure. Yeah, so we're going to preview the season um, for the Pacers. We're going to preview the season on the whole, tell you who we think is going to win uh, the NBA Finals this year. But, you know, B. Scott, you, you sent me a tweet um, the other day, and I was like, I can't – we can't not talk about this on the podcast. Um, and that is we, – We've talked about this before, and we were – it was a ton of speculation from us, and finally the answer came out. Right, because we were genuinely curious, like, okay, so, um, you know, because basically Paul George over the summer, uh, you know, just in case you, you missed it, Paul George over the summer basically came out and said, hey, you know what, the reason why I wanted to leave is because the Pacers don't want to win. I had, you know, the best power forward in the game uh, ready to come and play in Indy, um, but the Pacers said no. Um, and so we speculated, I think, you know, we were all along the same lines of it's either Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant. Um, I can't remember who speculated which one. Um, but I know we were generally like, it's gotta be one of those two. Um, and I think we might, you know, I, I was like, I can't remember who said Kevin Durant, but like, that seemed like it could possibly be it because he visited the Pacers at one point. Um, you know, when, during his free agency, but nonetheless, it was basically all speculation. You and I both talked about much like we'll talk about now, how like, you know, he can be in, you know, he can talk to whoever he wants, but that doesn't mean, you know, the Pacers were willing to really, you know, uh, you know, sell the future in order to get him. Right. Um, and so the tweet that you sent me, um, was that it was revealed that Paul George had Anthony Davis, uh, will, or had, he had, was in talks to team up. Uh, with Anthony Davis uh, with the Indiana Pacers. And it's funny, uh, I re I took a look at that tweet again before we uh, booted up the podcast, and one of the replies cracked me up because it was like, now, does it mean talks as in he called Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis immediately hung up and blocked the number? Or, <laughs> or what exactly was it? Because, you know, like we said before, you know, it's 
he could be in talks with whoever he wants. That doesn't mean Anthony Davis was destined to come here. And we've seen Paul George teamed up with Russell Westbrook. We've seen him teamed up with Kawhi, and he has as many titles as he would have if he was still on the Pacers. So it's not as if they were one move. But away in his defense, he would have been, if he would have stayed here and Anthony Davis would have come, it, they would have had a pretty formidable um, <clears throat> team up there right. to take on Miami. I mean, if you look at it now, he's in the West. The, like, the West is stacked top to bottom, whereas the East, maybe right. it's top heavy. Right. And I mean, and that's, that's a, a fair point, but yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, I don't know that, you know, you can't, it's just, it's kind of like the whole deal when we talk about Paul George and people talk about him and Kawhi and how they could have been on the Pacers when that never was going to be a thing. Anyway, it's like, it's not like the Pacers were guaranteed a title if they got Anthony Davis. Yes. It would have been more formidable for the Miami heat, but at the same time, like, there's no way of knowing that, you know, you still had to go up against LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, you know, and, and I'm just saying that we have it. Was that like, even with heat at that point? It might've been the end of this the was, heat. This was honestly, this season that everybody's that he's talking about was post David West, post Roy uh, Hibbert, all of at, those. So like the Indy star wrote up an article about how bad of an idea that, I mean, yeah, it sounds great, but how bad of an idea it really would have been for the Pacers. So it wasn't the Pacers saying, no, we don't want to win. It was the Pacers saying, no, we don't want to forfeit our entire future for maybe a year or two. Right. right. And because at the time they were, they didn't have much. I mean, we're talking like David Teague, Monta Ellis, Thad Young. I mean, it, it wasn't the, we're not saying he wanted to add Anthony Davis to the Eastern conference finals teams that we saw from them. True. This was, this was basically right. I think this was the year before his injury. So it wasn't, or maybe it was the year after his injury. I forget which year he was, his bad injury was with USA basketball, but it wasn't with those teams that were taking the heat to seven games in the Eastern conference finals. Because yes, if you add Anthony Davis to those teams, that that may be that's the piece that probably puts you over the edge, to be honest. Yeah. But with the team that he was looking to add Anthony Davis to, I don't I don't see that's not a title contender. That was barely a playoff contender. Yeah, to be if, that, if that was at the end of that run, then yeah, LeBron would have been back on the Cavs. So that was gonna yeah. be that was gonna be LeBron and Kyrie Kevin Love and Kevin and Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. Which I mean I mean that won a championship. Yeah. But, there, I mean, at that time, there really <laughs> wasn't any challengers, per se, for the Cavs. Let's be honest. I mean, Boston, they weren't – I mean, they were, I think they were the closest thing to a challenger. The, the Bucks were nowhere near where they're at right now. Miami was obviously contending for top picks still. They were Dwayne Wade's swans. They were actually pretty sure Dwayne Wade was with the Chicago Bulls at that time. Yeah. And so – I, I don't think adding him, I mean, for what the pace has, uh, just so everybody's aware, Anthony Davis was not a free agent when this was talking, this was being talked about. And this was when Anthony Davis was looking to get out of um, New Orleans, essentially. 
And so the Pacers were going to have to trade and they didn't have really good draft picks because they were picking in the low twenties, upper teens, just outside the lottery. And if you look at what the Lakers had to give up for Anthony Davis, the Pacers would not have had as strong of an offer for him. And it's, I don't think it would have been feasible to pull off and you would have, because, because they didn't have the players to pull it off for the trade. If they, even if they did, they would have just gutted their depth and they ultimately would have had to sell the farm draft pick wise. So there goes players like, Oh, miles Turner was on the team. So miles Turner was considered a possible piece in that, but he was young, very young. I mean, I don't know. So that, I mean, there goes, I guess, oh, oh darn, there goes TJ Leaf. I mean, but it's just it, – it's, it's the, it, the more it, I – it, it, On paper, it would have been awesome to see. But ultimately, the Pacers would not be where they are right now. They would be looking more like – I don't know. Who would I compare them to? Not quite the New York Knicks because that's bad, but the Detroit Pistons or the Chicago Bulls right now would be kind of more along the line of where the Pacers would be. They wouldn't have been able to get Victor Oladipo. They wouldn't have been able to get Domas Sabonis. Yeah. So that's it. You probably wouldn't have gotten Aaron Holiday because that would have been one of the draft picks you would have had to send along as well. So you're missing out on a lot of key contributors potentially that are on this team right now. And you're looking at a team that's struggling to get back into relevance because yes, we are not a cash. We we don't, we're not a big market. We do not attract big name free agents. We all know that. And if you don't have draft picks and you don't, you can't attract free agents, you've got nothing. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, you know, I wonder if it was, if this is the actual situation, because remember, this is all coming out years later. You know, it's not like it's been, I mean, I don't know if you can really expect for it to be like confirmed by Anthony Davis. I don't know like how likely that would be. Why would well, Anthony Davis confirm well, it anyways? Right. But what I mean is like, like there's no like other reports like corroborating it. What it sounds like is like Paul George is trying to be like, I, I like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I'm thinking that Paul George went to, you know, it was just very flimsy talks. He went to the Pacers, said, "This is what I've got in line. You know, you better make it happen." And then when it didn't happen, that's when he leaked that he all the only place he wanted to go was L.A. and royally screwed over the Pacers at the time. Like that's what I'm th- like. The more I think about it, that's that's what the talks were. It was a bargaining chip to try to get what he wanted before, you know, ultimately saying, all right, you know what? You didn't give me what I wanted. Then I'm going to hamstring any, you know, possible trade you may have for me. Well, I'll tell you, to be honest, here's my, my thing, my opinion on this is Paul George at this point just loves to hear himself talk. True. (laughs) Like seriously, he, I don't think he really ever recently, I don't think he's thinking before he actually speaks because You've heard what he said about the Clippers after their playoff, after they fell apart in the playoffs. You, I mean, you just, he just talks and it's just like, would you just shut up and just play? It's funny. Like, Cause I, I had, like, you put yourself on this echelon of the best in the game, but let's be honest. You, you really don't play like it. You, I, I, I don't, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm saying 
I'm glad Paul George is not with the Pacers anymore. And what's funny is that a lot of the offseason rumors surrounding like trades for Victor Oladipo or Miles Turner, there were several strong rumors and suggestions that the Clippers would trade Paul George back to Indiana for Victor Oladipo. And I'm like, I don't want Paul George. You can keep him. I mean, to be honest, I I just, I I liked him when he was in Indy. I was sad to see him go. But now that I'm seeing him the way he is now, I'm like, man, I want a guy that's going to go out there and bust his butt and play and not sit on podcasts and run at the mouth all day. Yeah, I I, I definitely like I, de- I definitely like that, that was your thought because the initial thought for me too when I saw like what you sent me I was like can he just shut up already like how like I didn't want to be super harsh but I was like dude like, like it's just it's go, just go play like you're at supposed this point, to be winning championships I yeah. thought like this is you know three you know this is what three or four years ago now because it was like 2017 so like at least three seasons ago like the the you are now two teams removed from the Indiana Pacers you, you mm-hmm. and you also again like I know that the west is tough but you also I mean yes the west is tough but he didn't he hasn't he didn't do much with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City and he well, and, I I'll mean I'll be honest I I don't think Russell Westbrook is a person you actually want to team up with anyways Yeah and and that may be true be honest and I'll we'll, we'll get I'll get into a little bit more on that later but but then I I'm mean not, you're, I'm not surprised he didn't succeed with Russell Westbrook James Harden in my opinion is one of the top four best players in the NBA and I honestly I mean I thought going in like man this Rockets team is going to be good but they weren't they weren't really that good and honestly I think you're going to see the Rockets take a step up this year without Westbrook being there having John Wall is going to be a huge huge increase for them and honestly I think the the Wizards are going to be like ah crap why'd we do this yeah yeah i'm with you there but i mean still even with you got Kawhi fresh off a championship with the raptors you like you would think that like like with just Kawhi, without paul george what the clippers had was easily as good if not better than what the raptors had so if you you know what paul george what the difference is there the raptors had a bunch of guys that just wanted it true you know, they didn't try to build a super team. They had Kawhi and then a bunch of, honestly, at the time, scrubs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because this is like, I mean, that's, the that's they basically one so... with a bunch of depth pieces right. and Kawhi, and they took they took out. I mean, obviously, Golden State was pretty hammered with injuries, but near near there, but it, it's still they had guys that absolutely wanted it. That you know they weren't getting paid. Right. The Clippers have Kawhi who's getting paid. You got Paul George who's getting paid in a place that he wants to be. And it's like, so these are the guys that aren't real. In my opinion, Paul George is a guy that if he never wins a ring, it's not going to matter to him because he's getting paid. True. To be honest. And that's why I would, if, if I had a seven game series between the Pacers and the Clippers, I'd take the Pacers all day, every day because of that. And that, I mean, that showed even this past off season or this past postseason with the Miami heat, the Miami heat had a bunch of young guys on rookie contracts with Jimmy Butler. And they just wanted it more than anybody else in the East. Very Plain true. And simple. You could, you could see that the way they played, they just wanted it more. And honestly, I don't think you, I mean, yeah, it helps when you got Le- LeBron James and Anthony Davis, 
don't get me wrong, because they both wanted it as well. Anthony Davis has never won a trophy, and it, you're putting on the Lakers jersey, so you know the history behind that and everything. And LeBron plays to win. Let's not. I mean, LeBron gets paid, but LeBron also wants it. He does want it. I don't think Paul George really wants it. I think Paul George just wants to be considered a great player, one of the best players on the uh, in the upper tier of the NBA. And then I I, I don't I don't know. It just you don't. With what he wants to be, you just don't see it playing out in on off on the court for him. Which is weird. I feel, like, I feel like he also spent a lot more time in street clothes than he did in a in a uniform. Well, and the weird thing is, is that like winning a championship is like for like whether you think it's you know right or wrong. Because I don't you know like the whole argument of you know your your whole your whole career is invalidated if you don't have a ring in the NBA. But like that's weird that like you would think Paul George based on that if he wants to be considered great like knows that he has to have that ring attached mm-hmm. to his name. But yeah, he just wants he just wants the paycheck that goes along with being being considered great. True, true. Well, in my opinion, I, I hate to say that, but it's just the evidence points towards that right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, enough talking about Paul George. Uh, let's go ahead and start into our uh, season preview. But first, let's get this word from Anchor. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our NBA season preview. Uh, first, we'll obviously start off with the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, it, it's funny. We went into this offseason thinking that there was going to be all this, you know, change, all this turmoil, for lack of a better term. Just like, you know, we were, we were, we were predicting big sweeping changes across the board. We weren't the only ones. Right. Everybody no. had a spotlight on the Indiana Pacers of saying, if you want to see a team that's going to make moves this offseason, look no farther than the Indiana Pacers. And we just ran the whole thing back (laughs) and except except TJ leaf. Exactly. So yeah, basically the Pacers drafted Cassius Stanley. We talked about that. I'm actually really excited about that pick. Uh, We'll see how he gets molded. We won't see a lot of them this year, but I'm just excited for what we'll see down the future. And then like, as far as like notable departures, they didn't bring back Alizé Johnson and they traded TJ leaf. Those were like the two biggest things that that I'm a little sad about Alizé Johnson though. Yeah. He was a guy, he, he was never really going to see the court too much. So it wasn't right. too surprising because I had his position, but he's one of those guys that when he got out there, he played hard. I like that. And so the projected starting lineup for the Indiana Pacers this year is going to be Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner. That's what it's at least looking to be um, at this point. Um, so yeah, pretty much no changes, nothing that we didn't really already expect. And so kind of looking at what, you know, some of the websites have projected Forbes has the Pacers with 39 wins finishing towards the back of the Eastern conference playoff picture. I don't really know if I agree with that too much, just because like, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, you know, I'm excited for this Pacers season. I'm excited for the, the season from the Pacers standpoint, just to see, you know, okay, we're running it back, but you know, first healthy season for Victor Oladipo um, in a couple of years. Um, you've got, you know, Sabonis playing well. You're going to have him back. You're going to have, uh, I don't how soon is Jeremy Lamb going to be back? Is he already back? I don't think he's back yet. No, okay. I think, I think you're probably going to see him after the first of the year, maybe. So, I don't know. Cause that was a pretty, um, well, it was back in March. I don't know. So yeah, I, but you'll I mean, probably see him before you're probably going to see him at least before the trade deadline, because he may be one of those pieces that they're going to try to, they may have to include into, into something. Yeah. So, the deadline. But I mean, you know, it's, 
I think, you know, the, the team that's running back was a team that went five and three in the bubble with the, I mean, with the exception of no, uh, no Sabonis. It's a team that they're now, all-star. yeah, <laughs> they're well, all yeah, star. Right. So, like, they're, they're, they went five and three in the bubble without Sabonis and with a kind of 75% Oladipo. So, I mean, now they have healthy Oladipo, healthy Sabonis. You know, you've got the, the team back together really at full force for the first time, you know, since maybe the beginning of last year. Like, because really Oladipo didn't come back till halfway through the season. So they didn't, we don't even know what this team really looks like full song. So, and I don't really think like, I'm not super confident, like, because really no major moves were made this off season. Like I tried to include some like, you know, notable ones here and there, like, you know, uh, there was one. All right. Oh, for the Pacers? Are you talking about for the Pacers? Well, just in general. I mean, yes. Just, there was... Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I would think a swap of Westbrook and John yeah, Wall. Yeah, but I'm saying that's like a pretty major one in comparison to like, and I know that last year was kind of an, an anomaly, but based on even a normal year, you see more people change hands, and that's well, all I, I mean. The because... reason I think you saw that is because obviously this year's free agent crop wasn't anything to write home about. Well, and also but, I'm um, sure it doesn't like doesn't help things that the season yeah. ends and then like you turn around and it's basically the next year already. Right. Well, people are also wanting to be extra cautious about their cap space. One, because the cap's not going to increase too much this year because of budget deficits from COVID. Yeah. But also because the 2021 free agent crop is unbelievable. And people, a lot of teams are trying to gear up for that one where they, I mean, you're going to next year, next off season is where you're going to see big moves being made. Right. So looking at uh, this season, you know, I, I think the Pacers are still a, a very much a contender in the East. So I don't think that the, you know, them being at the back of the Eastern conference is going to be what happens at all. Um, 72 games this season. Um, it's, a, it's a shortened season, obviously due to the, you know, to COVID and that kind of thing. Um, so I have the Pacers at 41 and 31. Um, I think they were around that last year with, I think the same number of games. Like, I don't think they're going to be, you know, remarkably better um but i don't oh, like they might be i think they're gonna be I mean, healthy right but i don't think like I, I i was afraid to go up too much with the wins but i think like with the 72 game schedule their win-loss record will be very similar to what it was last year if not a little bit better like i think the ceiling is a little higher but i i don't think the the floor is as low as like seventh or eighth in the in the eastern conference um yeah yeah i mean I, I don't think this – I think this team is still going to – honestly, based off of the way they played last year, the fact that everybody's back healthy, and now they have a coach that likes to move the ball offensively and doesn't, you know, sludge it down in the mud and just play defense, um, you know, play not to lose as Nate McMillan, his style was. Um, I think you're going to see this team moving the ball a lot quicker. Um, it's going to be a much – from what I'm – hearing what it's like in practice and what we kind of saw in the preseason, the first preseason game is this team is going to move, is going to be a lot more up-tempo. Um, I think that's really going to feature Old Depot pretty well. I think you're going to see a better situation for having Miles Turner and Domas Sabonis on the court at the same time, because the type of offense that Nate McMillan was running was not really 
conducive to having those two players or really kind of figuring out the best way for Miles Turner to play the power forward position. Ultimately, I still do think uh, TJ Warren is a better fit at the four than Miles Turner. Um, and I think ultimately that may end up happening and you may see Turner coming off the bench, but Hey, that would be, that wouldn't be a bad thing either. Um, but I, I think this team has a, has the possibility to finish third or fourth with as low as maybe sixth. to be honest. I mean, this, this is a team that even two years ago was top four or five. They were, you know, they always tend to land in the, that four or five category there. And um, based off of the, what Boston has done, because, you know, Boston was the, the four this past year, or, or they, they were higher, but based off of what Boston has done, it hasn't been anything impressive, to be honest. I mean, they lost Gordon Hayward. I mean, yeah, they brought in Tristan Thompson, but eh. And Kemba Walker injured himself in um, preseason camp. So they're going to be without Kemba for a while. Um, I don't know how long, but it's going to be a significant amount of time. So that, that sets the Pacers up to really, if, if they come out of the gates firing and play up to their potential, this is a team that could be a top four team easily in, in the East. Yeah. And, and like, so I, I just took a look back at Forbes and Forbes has them at 39 wins because, because weirdly enough, like I was actually kind of surprised because I mean, we're doing this preview maybe a week before we maybe would have, but because of the end of the college football season, we kind of, we wanted to feature that next week. Um, so like, so really the, the NBA season starts in a couple of weeks, but I couldn't find a lot as far as like season previews go. Um, but like Forbes has the Eastern conference projections with the Pacers at seventh, uh, right above the Hawks, uh, at 39 wins. So, you know, I was like, I don't think they're going to be that low. And some of the teams they have in front of them, I'll get into a little bit more in a, in a minute. But I was like, I feel like those teams have a lot more question marks than the Pacers do. The Pacers are bringing back essentially the same roster. Well, you got to realize the media is very, very hyped up right now about the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like I, I don't they, know. They are good. Yeah, they are good. They're gonna. They're getting better. They're just a very young team. But for some reason, the media has already anointed them as the coming, the next greatest team. And I mean, okay, I, I just don't see it quite yet. Um, Philadelphia, Philadelphia is just a, a dumpster fire, no matter what. I'm yeah, interested I, to see how they are with Doc Rivers as at coach. I think they take um, a step back this year, the Sixers. I, I do too. And then Washington. I, I don't know. I, I'm not the hugest fan of, for one, Russell, Russell Westbrook is not the same Russell Westbrook that he was three years ago, even. I mean, he's, he doesn't, he can't shoot the ball. His, his real only thing that he can do very well is drive it to the hoop. And he does that a lot because he's a ball hog. He is a ball hog. And he doesn't play defense at all i mean literally he will as we saw in the exhibition games in the bubble carson edwards drove on him and he just stepped out of the way and let carson edwards go right on by he wanted no none of that business but uh yeah i i i'm not sold on washington with with west westbrook either he's gonna get there and find some reason to not be happy um 
The team that I'm the most interested in that's intriguing to me is, I mean, we, we know, we know the Milwaukee bucks. We know the Miami heat are both going to be good. We know that mm-hmm. that's a given. The team that's intriguing to me is still the, um, the Brooklyn nets. Yeah. Because Kevin Durant, his health, um, and obviously always Kyrie's health because Kyrie seems to play two, sit out five, play three, sit out seven. Um, I don't remember the last time he's played a full season yeah. without, you know, with minus the, the rest nights. Well, essentially they're, they're like the biggest X factor of the season based on what they did last off season and <laughs> bringing in, right. you know, because we weren't able to see, you know, what they'd be like with Durant and, and Kyrie. So they're kind yeah, of, the I team. think, I think they're going to be a dangerous team because not because of Kyrie, but because of Durant. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, he's, he's what I was talking about earlier as a player that he, he's a great player. He gets paid like a great player and he plays like he wants it. Yeah. And he, he does it so quietly. Like, seriously, I, most of the time you forgot that he was with the golden state warriors. It's like, Oh wait. Yeah, that's right. Kevin Durant plays for the golden state warriors. Because he's just, he's quiet. He does. He just goes out and does it. Right. And you know, I like, I like to watch him play because he, when he plays, he plays hard and he's, he's a team, he's a team oriented guy, obviously. Um, so that'll be a, I think that that's going to be a huge, huge X factor for the Brooklyn Nets. And they're going to be a very tough team because of that. And Kevin Durant in the East, finally. Yeah. I mean, and, and so basically long story short, you know, question that I posed, you know, what, uh, what, you know, to, to you B Scott and to, you know, for the outline and stuff like that for the podcast is are the Pacers still an upper echelon team in the East? I think that's a yes. Um, I think, you know, like I said, none of the teams in front of them really made, too many leaps this offseason, understandably so. And they, there's still question marks, you know, like we said with the Sixers. Uh, you know, how good will the Nets be? I didn't, I hadn't heard about the Kemba thing, but now, you know, the Celtics are a question mark as well. And even, I mean, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be good, but they're not, you know, they are right now kind of the new Raptors as far as a team that's always good in the regular season and can't seem to get over that hump. So um, it'll be, I don't think the Pacers are going to, you know, contend for, you know, an Eastern conference title or anything, but I do think they're still, you know, an upper echelon team in, in the Eastern conference. Oh yeah. I, I agree. Um, they're going to be a team that I, I think if it all comes together for them, they're going to be a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. I mean, you might, I don't know. They're still, they still haven't won in the first round in years. Um <laughs> But um, I think, honestly, I think this team is going to be much better than they were last year because they're healthy and uh, the new coach. Right yeah, there. yeah, I'm with you. I am with you. So uh, before we move on to the rest of the NBA, uh, we would like to let you know that you can follow us at Crash Course FM on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, Crash Course Podcast. You can listen every week on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can hear the Crash Course Podcast. Also, don't forget about our YouTube channel, Crash Course Podcast. Uh, we are actually going to have a YouTube exclusive uh 
release here in the next few weeks. It's going to be our best of. Normally, we put it on you know the audio version as well, uh, but because of kind of the weird wonky year and us not taking our normal break that we do around this time, um, you know, because we're going to basically be moving right from you know we'll have this podcast here, then we're going to have you know our college football one, then it'll be right in the NFL playoffs and the college football playoff and that kind of thing. So um, instead of you know putting the best of in like February. Uh, we're just going to make it a, a, a YouTube exclusive. So make sure you're subscribed over there. And if you're listening um, or if you're watching on YouTube or listening uh, to the audio version, go uh, like our Twitch channel, which we're on right now, 3C Media. So uh, make sure you go and basically go look at all of our socials. Go look at all of our socials. Make sure you're locked and loaded um, so that you don't miss uh, any content that we put out uh, for the Crash Course podcast. So looking at the rest of – Actually, the- real quick, real quick, uh, just – since wrap up the Pacers real yep. quick. Um, the Pacers did just wrap up their second preseason game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost it 116 to 106. Uh, leading the way for the Indiana Pacers was Domantas Sabonis with 18 points and nine rebounds, followed by great outings from Aaron Holiday with 16 points and three assists, and his brother uh, Justin Holiday with 13 points, five rebounds, and three assists. So uh, it's nice to see the Holiday brothers really kind of picking things up and uh, nice to see a healthy Sabonis out there pu- pu- pushing towards that double, double that he typically has on the statue. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely good to see them get the win there. So oh, they lost, they lost. Oh wait, oh yeah. Yeah. The loss there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but Hey, it sounds like they played well though. Nonetheless. Yeah. And it's the preseason. Yeah. You just right. got to get the bugs figured out, especially with a new coach. For sure. Um, so looking at the rest of the NBA, um, kind of some of the moves that jumped out to me looking at what happened this offseason, you had Serge Ibaka to the Clippers. Anthony Davis re-signs with the Lakers. The Bucks did add Drew Holiday. Uh, Goran Dragic is heading back to the Heat, which I thought was pretty important. Um, you also have the big uh, move of the offseason, which is John Wall heading from the Wizards to the Rockets for Russell Westbrook and Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, going from the Celtics to uh, the Hornets. Um, so that's kind of the big moves. Like I said, not a whole lot happened this offseason. Um, so it'll, it'll be fun to kind of see everything kind of pick back up because it's like from an evaluation standpoint, like I can see a GM like – being like, you know what? I'm not even, we're throwing the first half like pre bubble of last year just out the window. We're now, you know, I'm looking at what I'm looking at this team based on what they were in the bubble and then what they look at going into this season. Cause yeah, I was like, like it seems like the first half of last season just doesn't even matter anymore. Like it, it just, oh, no. it, it doesn't. That was so long ago. That was like, like five years ago, basically. Um, so looking at my season predictions of where I think teams will finish, I do have um, the Bucks at <clears throat> at number one, only because I'm like, you know, you know, there's really nothing else. You know, if we're if we're mainly running it back, I mean, the Bucks have been, you know, arguably one of the best regular season teams the last few years. You know, they run it back with Giannis. They add Drew. Um, it's interesting because they it does it did sound like they were in the market at one point for uh, James Harden, um, but. Uh, you know, a possible rumor there. So, you know, think about what would have, what this team would look like if they would have done that, but they, they, they are still, they they are still the best team in the Eastern conference, in my opinion. And you know what, last year, I wanted to say the heat were an Eastern conference finals team. I wanted to say it. I wasn't confident enough to pick them. They were the sixth seed. Right. But I, 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 that that would have been a, that would have been a real hot take. 
Right. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I was like, they, you know, they, they, with the roster they had, I felt like they were better than a six seed. Well, for one, Jimmy Butler had never lived up to Jimmy Butler's hype. Right. Until last year or until the bubble, really. Yeah. Until the bubble in the finals, pretty much. But, uh, so yeah, so I, the Heat are my, uh, number two team, uh, in the Eastern conference this year. I think that they're, um, you know, going to basically keep up their, uh, you know, great efforts from last year. The third best team in the East for me uh, is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think, you know, you know, we're, you know, when Kyrie is on the court, um, he's going to be, you know, a big factor. And then, like you said, KD, I mean, basically whenever you have one of the best, you know, players, you know, you know, out there on the court in basketball, um, your team's going to be improved. They were a good team last year. Um, or relatively good. I mean, they were a playoff team last year, 35 and 37, uh, without um, Durant and Kyrie on the court. So you add, you know, even if it's just Durant and Kyrie barely plays, you're still adding um, a lot of talent there, um, you know, to the team. So I, I have the Nets as the three team for me. Four for me is the Pacers, um, like much like we talked about earlier, where they're just kind of running the same team back. And I think they have a lot of room for improvement um, and a lot of upside to what they can do this season. Uh, fifth for me is the Celtics, and that's kind of affirmed by the whole Kimba injury. Um, and I, because I, because I also think like while Gordon Hayward is not the Gordon Hayward of old, not having him is still going to be impactful. It's not going to be the biggest impact, but it's definitely going to be an impact that's felt. And now, especially without it's Kimba, a depth issue. it's a depth piece for him, right? So, especially now without Hayward and Kimba, I think that's going to allow the Celtics teams to struggle. I still, I mean, you have Brad Stevens, so he's going to be able to kind of coach his way out of it, much like we see with Greg Popovich. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right. Marcus Smart, so. Right. And then uh, the sixth, uh, you know, coming in at the sixth for me is going to be uh, the Wizards. I do think that Russell Westbrook's going to make that team. I mean, they were a fringe playoff team last year, even with, now granted that was, you know, a bad East, you know, bad bottom of the East. They like were woefully under 500. And we talked about whether or not they just pack it up and go home from the bubble uh, last year. But I think, I do think that Russell Westbrook is a good enough player to make this team, at least in the Eastern conference, be, you know, more solidly in the playoffs. Um, The Hornets are at seven for me um, with the, uh, with the addition of Gordon Hayward, again, another team that last year was fringe playoff. Um, they were the ninth seed last year. Now, again, 23 and 42. So it's not like they were, you know, on the cusp of really doing much of anything. Um, but I do think the addition of Gordon Hayward helps. And then I have the, the Sixers who remember were the sixth seed last year back at uh, the eighth seed. I do think they take a step back. They're kind of in a state of disarray right now. And I think, you know, I mean, adding coach, you know, adding Doc Rivers helps, but I think this is going to be one of those things where it takes it maybe a year or two, especially in a weird kind of COVID season. I think it's going to take a year and maybe get everything in place to where um, this team needs to be. So I think the Sixers actually take a step back um, and they're, and they're going to be the ace seed um, in the Eastern conference. Yeah. You know, I, I do like your put, put your pick of putting uh, Washington in there. Uh, mostly the biggest upside for the whole trade was the fact that Russell Westbrook will actually play or John Wall just seems to always be injured. Right. Late. <laughs> so um, it will be interesting to see uh, before I give my picks here for some of these, 
there are moves that are going to, that they're destined to make. It seems like, for instance, the Rockets are really still looking hard or or potentially looking at trading uh, James Harden. And one of the destinations that's two of the destinations that are being considered are Miami and Philadelphia. Um, If he goes to either one of those, that, changes the standings significantly or if the Warriors make a move to replace Clay Thompson you know that could bump them up some as well so uh, it's going to be interesting since there wasn't really much of an offseason to see how things play out there but my prediction standings for the east um, I'm going to go with uh, the Bucks still at one I, I just feel like Miami was just clicking on all cylinders in the bubble and it really ultimately um, is what – that's what allowed the Heat to get over the Bucs. Um, so, but I think the Bucs are still the best team in the East. I'm actually going to have the Brooklyn Nets at number two because of what I was saying earlier about Kevin Durant. Um, I really have a lot of high, high hopes for them because of him. Um, and we'll actually get to see them healthy all together at the, at the, for the first time. Um, at three, I have the Miami Heat. Um, this is a much improved team even from last year because of the experience they gained in the playoffs and in the finals. They have confidence in themselves. And that's as, just as good as some of, having some of the best talent. It's very similar to me uh, to the Toronto Raptors type team, um, <laughs> except they have, the talent is there more so than it was in Toronto even. Four, I'm going with the Pacers. Um, like I said, not because of anything the Pacers have done, but what teams that were – some of the teams that were ahead of them haven't done or have done, you know, or the changes that they made. Um, at five, I am going to put the, um, the Boston Celtics. I think they do figure it out because Kemba's not going to be out the entire season, I don't believe. And even if he is – I, I, I think they're in a good situation. still with Marcus smart, I think you're going to see some of these younger players like Romeo Langford and Carson Edwards get to see more playing time in the absence of Kemba. So that, that we'll get to see those types of things. And then I, I, I do think Tristan Thompson is going to make them better in the interior, but it's not going to be the same as like having Aaron Baines or, um, if they would have traded for Miles Turner, who apparently they did not want whatsoever. So yeah, I'm going with them at five. At six, I'm going to go with the, the Philadelphia 76ers at six. Um, yeah, this is a team that doesn't really have an identity, but Doc Rivers is such a good coach, in my opinion, that he will round this team into shape enough that they will uh, they'll do better than the eighth seed. Um, at seven. I am going to – I have the, um, the Washington Wizards at seven, mostly because pairing Westbrook and Bradley Beal together, you're actually going to get to see that duo actually play, whereas the duo of um, John Wall and Bradley Beal, you never got to see play too much. Um, so I think that, that helps them significantly. So I have them at seven. And then at eight, I'm actually going to put the Atlanta Hawks in at eight. Um, they are a young team, but they have talent and they were right on the cusp last year as well. Um, 
you know, I think the pandemic and the shutdown really hurt them more than anybody else. Um, but I think, you know, they, they've made some moves. They've drafted, they've done, they've been really solid in the draft. And I think it's going to pay off. And I think they're going to sneak into the back end of the Eastern Conference. I, I don't have too much faith still in the Hornets. I don't think the addition of Gordon Hayward for them is going to put them over the top. Um, I do think they're going to be one of those teams that will be con- looking. It's going to be a back and forth between them and the Hawks, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for the eighth spot. Um, and then if everything falls, and then, like I said, if let's say James Harden does get traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, 76ers, then in my opinion, catapult up into the top four. Yeah. Um, because I, I, James Harden is that good of a player. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So okay, so Hornets better or worse than thirty wins? Because Forbes has them at twenty-five as the twelfth seed. You know, I'm gonna say worse than thirty, but better than twenty-five. Oh yeah, like I think it's safe to say like like bare minimum twenty-eight, twenty-nine. I I, just, I don't have faith in their um in their in their front court. Right. Well, I mean, but this is this is a roster that finished ninth last year without Gordon Hayward. I mean, Gordon Hayward again is not an amazing player. He's not what he used to be, but it's still a solid piece. But I feel like they brought Gordon Hayward in to essentially be like their star player. And that's not Gordon Hayward. Right. You know, I mean, this is still a team that And he's often been injured too. And he has been often been injured. And what's funny is a lot of the really good players that are on their roster have been part of trade talks for even better players. So it's like, are they really all in with this team? Are they not? And I think that uncertainty of looking at how teams will, how this team, like any given day prior to the trade deadline, somebody could be shipped out. I, you know, this is a team that a lot of these players are going to be looking over their shoulders or, having to, you know, their agents are going to be on their speed dial constantly. I, I think there's going to be too many distractions in that sense um, of who's going to be the next move or, what, you know, what's the next move for this team? Who's going to be on their way out? I, you know, I don't think they're completely 100% all in on everybody. I mean, they're one of their best players. Miles Bridges is considered to be a top trade target or a top trade piece if they were to make moves for somebody else. Right. Yeah. True. Fair enough. Uh, also how I was thinking too, looking at this form sheet, like how weird is it to think about like the Pistons not even being in the conversation for the playoffs after, and they haven't really done really anything since Blake Griffin, like got over there. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Did they, they, I thought, what did they make a move this off season? I honestly don't. Obviously, know. it wasn't that big of a move. <laughs> it didn't make too big of a splash. I thought they did. I thought, you know what? Go ahead and start giving your West predictions, and I'm going to look into that. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and move it over to the West. Um, so, number one seed in the West for me is the Lakers. Pretty easy choice there, especially with Anthony Davis coming back. Um, you know, you obviously you still have LeBron. Now, there's our, there are a couple supporting players that are not there anymore, um, but the two main pieces are still there, so the Lakers are still one for me. At two, I have the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets and Clippers are pretty interchangeable as two and three, um, and I think, I don't know, I, I'm more – 
I'm more high on the Nuggets than I was last season. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic has been really good. They have a pretty good supporting cast, you know, you know, on that roster for the Denver Nuggets. So I do think it's going to be close between them and the Clippers, but I do think the Clippers take a tiny smidge of a step back, even with the addition of Serge Ibaka. But I do think the Clippers are third uh, in the in the Western Conference for me. And like I said, it's it's pretty interchangeable. Um, the top of the uh, Western Conference is going to look very similar uh, to what it did last year. I mean, you know, and again, the, the Nuggets are a team that last year um, ended up, you know, you know, as one of the top teams in the uh, in the postseason for the Western Conference. We're a very good team. They, you know, finished third last year. You know, just three wins off of the Clippers. Uh, you know, last season, three and a half games back. Um, uh, from the Clippers from last season. So it, it, I think uh, the Nuggets take a little bit of a step up. The Clippers take a tiny smidge of a step back. Um, so the Clippers are going to be at three. And then, so I was looking at Forbes and what so, they have. Real, real, real okay. quick. I remember, I found it. The, the Pistons were the laughing stock of the NBA during the offseason mm-hmm. acquisition time because they signed one, uh, one two, they signed two centers and uh, two forwards. So they, I mean, they, they added Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Jaleel Okafor and Josh Jackson. And they also did acquire if, if I read that right, Trevor Ariza. So this is a team that's loaded at the forward and centered position. So they're going to go big ball. I mean, <laughs> Hey, I mean, if this, this is going to be the best team ever from 2012. It's going to be awesome. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> this is, we're talking about the Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace era when they just pounded it on you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Um, uh, as far as Forbes goes uh, for the Western conference. So this is who they have um, four through eight. They have the jazz at four, the Mavericks at five, the Suns at six, the Blazers at seven, the Rockets at eight. Now, I guess that's not super far away from what I've got, but I do have them a little bit switched up, and I do have the Warriors in there as well. For me, uh, fifth seed is going to be the Mavericks. I'm taking the Jazz um, completely out of the equation uh, because really? – because well, I mean, they're – I mean, what are they bringing – I mean, they do still have um, some solid pieces, but they do lose bogey. Um, so they're you still have Donovan Mitchell, right? I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't have the, he's one of the best players in the NBA. I, I don't know. I've never been high on the jazz. I have them out of the playoffs. Um, I guess maybe I'm a, I'm a little homerist on them with, with my boy, Mike Conley. True. I'm playing and for him, but yeah, but still, I mean, they have Donovan <clears throat> Mitchell. They have Rudy Gobert. I mean, yeah, now, now CP Scott, now you're making me second guess myself. I don't like it, but um, hey, I'm I'm good at that. Yeah, yeah, it's very but true. When I, when I look at your your West rankings, like I I I can't see who you should bump out of there. Right. So at the same time, yeah, the Mavericks are at four for me. I think they take a step up. They've got um, oh yeah, you know, it I, isn't Porzingis? Isn't he healthy? Yeah. Or so yeah, got to be healthy. Yeah, Porzingis is back. You know, you already have um, uh, Luka Doncic uh, there, who's been amazing. I mean, the, the Mavericks. You know, you think about again. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like the Nets. They they have they had a good team even without some of their better pieces, 
and now they're primed with their better pieces to be back in in the, in the swing of things here. So they're at four for me. I have the Suns because, uh, like I said, you know, evaluating this uh, crop this year, you know, yes, I know you can't put a lot of you know faith on. Hey, they went eight zero in the bubble, but they did. They were coming together last season. They add the veteran. They're a good young team that you add the veteran presence of Chris Paul. I don't know the Chris Which Paul. Chris Paul are they getting? Are they getting Chris Paul or the new Chris Paul? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, but I think that they, I, I think that they're going to be, uh, in pretty good shape. So they're the five seed. That's probably a little high, honestly, for the Suns. but you know what? I'm sticking with it. Then I've got the Warriors at six and you that's here first folks because <laughs> of that. The Suns are not making the playoffs, right? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crash kiss of death. Uh, the Warriors, <laughs> um, are in at six for me just because like, yes, they don't have clay, but I mean, uh, they do come back with. Um, you know, Steph Curry's back. And I think that that's, a, you know, I mean, this team, remember how unstoppable this team was with all of those players. And yes, I understand that like no KD, no Clay Thompson, but Steph Curry isn't nothing. And, you know, they still, and they still have, you know, one of the best coaches in the game and Steve Kerr. So, and they also added a very, 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 very talented young center in James Wiseman yeah. at the number two pick. So I think that they're going to bounce back this season. Are there going to be, amazing i don't you know they're not going to be the you know the 2016 2015 warriors but they're going to be good um the blazers for me are the seventh seed uh and then i've got the rockets and the eighth seed i guess if you want you can maybe take out the blazers for the jazz or the rockets for the jazz but i almost would rather take out the blazers than the rockets um but it's just it's so it's so crazy because yeah for the for forbes they have uh the the Warriors at nine, they have them out. Um, and that's really the only two teams that we kind of have. And that's just there. because of clay, which is right. funny. Right. So, I mean. Don't they realize this team was winning championships before KD even got there? Right. So, yeah, I mean, basically just took the Jazz out and then the, that was the rest of the rankings, put the Warriors in. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's the rest of my uh, Western Conference. I, yeah, now I'm second guessing having the Jazz out, but maybe if anything, move the Jazz out, put the or move the Blazers out, put the Jazz in. All right. So for me, Lakers are number one. Let's just be honest, plain and simple. They, in my opinion, they got better <laughs> this offseason, if that's even possible. Um, the Nuggets, I do have them at number two. At number three, I'm actually going to have the Dallas Mavericks there. I think Luka is going to have a huge, huge year. I mean, we're talking potential MVP caliber year. Um, yes, LeBron is one of the best, is the best in the league right now, but Luka's nipping at his heels. Um, I think Luka ha- has multiple MVPs in his, his future, to be honest. Um, at four, I am going to have the Clippers. Um even though they may not always seem like they want it, they they're just too good not to get some of those games. Um, let's see. So four, I had the Clippers five. I'm going to have the, the golden state warriors at five. I think they're going to exceed expectations. And ultimately I think they end up making a move to replace um, clay because they can't, keep going on he's he's been in pretty injury prone not saying they're going to trade him because they can't but i wouldn't be surprised to see them in talks maybe even with the indiana pacers for victor oladipo but i think even without clay even without clay 
they are a good enough team to be in the, uh, the five seed. And if they make a move, definitely lock them in in the top five. Let's see. So one, two, three, four, five. Um, at six, at six, I'm going to put the Blazers in at six. Um, they just kind of seem to be like a team that's trending in the right direction to me. I mean, that's not too far off of where you had them. You had them at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at seven, I have uh, the the Utah Jazz in at seven. See, the fact um, that you have them at seven makes them feel, me feel better that they're that I have them missing the playoffs. Well, I mean, this is a team that I feel like could be a, a top five. I don't think they're going to be a top four, but definitely a top five. They could be as high as a top five. And honestly, I think I may have probably put the Warriors too high. I may have too much faith in them um, in the addition of James Wiseman. But really, if the, if the Warriors just decide to, you know, let's just play with what we got, I could see the, 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 um, the Jazz at five, the Warriors at six, and the Blaze, Blazers at seven. Um, and then at, um, at eight, I'm going to have the Phoenix Suns. I, I don't I, – yes, they were good in the bubble, but that was what – eight games six games eight, eight, eight games. games they went eight no yeah. but i think they i mean it's one of those things where like can they keep up i mean obviously it's because also if you look at a lot of the team the toughest one of the i think the toughest team they played was the indiana pacers because a lot of the teams they played were just they weren't playing their starters big minutes because these guys some of these teams are, were already locked into the playoffs and they just wanted to get through that eight game stretch and just get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and so, that's fair. But I also think too that like they are I think, a better team. They are a playoff team in my in my opinion. Now they are a playoff team. You add the veteran presence of Chris Paul, which, like I said, I'm not even saying that he's going to be like a, a main contributor. I just think that he's going to help out this team and help mold this young team. He's a good veteran presence I, to have. I don't. I, I have faith in the team. I don't have faith in the front office. The front yeah. office. You know, they may go on a, a losing skid like every team does, and the front office goes, ah, oh, hell with it. Time to blow the thing up and start <laughs> over. And they trade Devin Booker, and it's like, well, what would you do that for? What did you get in return for it? And, you know, that that's why I put them at eight. I think yeah. they – I mean, they, they could be as high. You had them at six. Five, I think. Uh, at five. Not you had yet. them at five. So, yeah, I, they can be that high. They really can, but – a lot of it also depends on is DeAndre Ayton ready to make that jump to that next gear? You know, we all know Devin Booker can. Chris Paul is a good veteran leader, but beyond Devin Booker, who is who else is going to step up on this team and take it to that next level? Throughout an entire season, I mean, yes, it is still a shortened season, but Devin Booker is not going to be able to do it all every single night. Yes, he was able to do it for eight games in the bubble, but can he do it every single night? No, there's no way he can do it every single night. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. Um, and, yeah, it is it is one of the things that has turned me off kind of about the NBA or one thing that does usually, you know, kind of rub me the wrong way is how quick teams are to just basically blow the whole thing up or get rid of coaches after, like, a bad eight-game skin. It's like, you know what? Like, you could probably let game. that – you you could, like, let that simmer a little bit. It's, it's Yeah, it's not even – you know, a 10th of a season and you're getting rid of people. But you know, it's these teams that are doing that are these teams that are perpetually picking in the lottery. Right. 
they're the ones that go i mean you're you're never going to get anywhere if you just can continuously say well well we lost eight games time to blow it up what that's that's why i'm not a huge huge fan of the nba i'll just to be honest with you i'm so not because of that yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our uh, playoff predictions, who we think is going to uh, you know, make the Eastern, or Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, and the NBA Finals and beyond. So for me in the East, first round, it's going to be uh, you know, Bucks, uh, Bucks over the 76ers. Again, I think the 76ers take a step back this season. The Bucks. Um, are going to get past, um, you know, going to have a, a pretty good show in the first round. Then you've got the Heat. I've got the Heat over the Hornets. Again, Hornets, you know, I think are a playoff team because of Gordon Hayward, but the Heat show why, you know, they made the finals last year. Then I've got the Nets over the Wizards uh, and the Pacers over the Celtics. I think the Pacers, you know, I want to have faith that this is the year they finally get some wins in the first round and and actually win a playoff series. So that's I'm going with my heart on this one, but I, I think they do end up getting the win. Second round, Eastern Conference semis. I've got the Bucks over the Pacers. Um, I don't think the Pacers really have enough to get past Giannis, um, and I think that that's what's ultimately going to show in in, a, in that playoff series. And then I have the Nets over the Heat. I think the you know having Kevin Durant this season is going to be big as long as he's healthy. Um, I think the Nets are you know uh, going to be a pretty tough out. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, I got to go with the team that you know you know has Kevin Durant over the team that you know has just perpetually not been able to get over the hump i have more faith in that single series the nets beating the bucks than i do you know the bucks beating the nets just because the bucks haven't really shown me that they can you know win when it really matters they can win a series or two but when it comes to actually getting over that hump and making it to the finals they just haven't gotten there um so i am going to go uh with the nets winning the east um so as far as the Go ahead, B. Scott. All right. So for me in the the East, the teams I have advancing from the first round are the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, and the Pacers. Pacers get the monkey off their back; they get out of the first round. I, I don't see it. I don't see how that doesn't happen this year, to be honest. Um, unless the the <laughs> unless the Rockets make that trade with the 76ers and send uh, James Harden to Philadelphia, then things may change. Um, second round, um, I'm going to have the the Bucks and you know I'm gonna have the the Nets as well advancing from that one. Um, however, I am gonna have the Bucks winning the Eastern Conference this year. I feel like um, Giannis has something to prove this year. He got embarrassed in the playoffs last year. He doesn't want it to happen again. I do love the addition of Drew Holiday for them. I think that is a major major uh, signing um, for them. Yes, KD is going to be a key, key piece for the Nets, and it's going to be a very hard one to take out. But I don't have faith in Kyrie staying healthy for the full season or even a full playoff run. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bucks to represent the East. So as far as the West goes, um, I, the first round, I've got the Lakers over the Rockets. I've got the Blazers over the Nuggets. And the reason why I went with this is because, again, the Nuggets kind of remind me of the Bucks as far as the, they're just not the same in the postseason. They have good regular seasons and just haven't been able to make that next step. And also playoff Damian Lillard is a lot different from regular season Damian Lillard. Both are good, but I feel like once L Damian Lillard gets into the uh, postseason, I feel like, you know, even last year, 
here. I mean, in, a, in an overmatched series against the Lakers, he still managed to get that team hype enough to get that you know game one win. Had him in, in some of the other games as well. Um, then I've got the Warriors over the Clippers. Um, I think that they win a playoff series, and then I do have. And then I'm. I know I originally had the Suns over the Mavericks. I realize now that's probably a little bit over eager of me. So pr- I'm going to go ahead and have the Mavericks uh, beating the Suns. I do. I was for some reason I was like, you were on the Suns string. I was so excited, and then I was like, ah, now that I think about it a little you, bit you more. You basically you looked at what they did in the bubble and said NBA champs. Exactly. Well, and so what makes me change that pick too is I honestly like, you know. Me forgot be, about the jazz no n- no uh, but i did also forget that perzingis because perzingis has been out so long like i forgot that he was even an option for the mavericks so i think he yeah. put puts them up over the edge uh second round western conference semifinals i've got the lakers over the mavericks uh and i've got the blazers over the warriors um you know in that matchup you know, it's basically Lillard versus Curry. I think the Blazers are going to rise to the occasion a little bit more. I think the second round is where the Warriors are going to miss Clay uh, and having that. I mean, like I said, it's not going to be, you know, Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but I think uh, ultimately uh, the Blazers get that win there. Those, those are two, I think, as, as the way the rosters are now, I think those are two equ- evenly matched teams there. And then in the uh, Western Conference Finals, I do have the Lakers – uh, beating uh, the Blazers. So it'll be Lakers and Nets for the NBA Finals. All right. So for me, the teams that I have moving on from the uh, first round, I have the the Lakers. Let's see. The Lakers, the Jazz, the Mavericks, and the Blazers. So, yes. Lakers, Jazz, Mavericks, Blazers in the first round. Second round, I have um, – oh, gosh, I have to keep looking back here. I have the Lakers and the Mavericks moving on in the second round, and I have the Lakers beating the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. So NBA Finals for me, who I think is going to win uh, this year, uh, win the uh... – Win the whole thing for me, it's going to be the Lakers. I know that's not, you know, the the you know, a controversial pick or anything else, but I, I again, not enough has changed. Now, like you said, you brought it up a few times as far as like, yeah, if you know James Harden ends up with another team, you know, it kind of creates another super team, or maybe James, if James Harden ends up with Miami, yeah then yeah, that's going to be, you know, that's going to change some things, but just as it stands right now, not enough really changed from this year to last year to really make me think like, yes, that's going to be the team that beats the Lakers. Um, and so I, I do think the Lakers end up, you know, going back to back and winning the NBA title. Yeah. I have the Lakers over the bucks. I have it. It's going to be a close one because I think if there's a player, there's a team that can, take the Lakers down it is the Bucks I mean I have the most faith in them um I mean the Nets possibly could too just I it all depends on health for the Nets to be honest but until proven otherwise for me the Lakers are still the best team in the NBA and they they only got better in my opinion the signings that they the people they brought in are better than they were last year so Lakers until, until otherwise proven it's got to be the Lakers. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things, and and it, it, what the kind of thing that kind of just is a little rough about it is the, just the fact that it's like I feel like la- going into last year there was all this different possibilities that w- of what could happen. You know, you had you know, oh Paul George is on the Clippers now, Kawhi is on the Clippers now. You know, Russell Westbrook is on the ro- is on the Rockets, um, and so. I think this year it's kind of just like, yeah, everything's kind of running back and, you know, we're back to seeing, well, there's really one team that's awesome and we'll see if, you know, it's, it's that team unless something else happens. It was like that for so long with the Warriors and now it's like that with the Lakers. It was like that way so long with the Miami heat as well, except at least with the Miami heat, we had somebody else like the San Antonio Spurs thing out there that could take them down. There's just, I don't really see, another team out there that is fully that fully matches up with the Lakers. Right. You know, I mean, I mean the Spurs were the Spurs then Tim Duncan and all that, all of them. But now I just, it's tough. It's tough. It is. It is. And it's going to be, it's going to be a fun season. Excited uh, for the NBA season to get underway. Excited for the Pacers season to get underway. Uh, but that will do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. B. Scott, where can they find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. That's where I'm at. I'm at, I'm, I'm on Twitter all day, every day. Catch yeah. me there. And you're, you're stepping up your Twitter game. So that's what we like to see. Brian. Remember, Still, you can we say that every week. I know. I want to say that every single week. And it's going to be what we like kind of sign off on. Um, if you, if you honestly, if you really want to find me, you can find me at, at NCAA wrestling. There you go. <laughs> so so, send, so send real. That's the one I'm on all day, every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if you want a Twitter handle to go harass, that's the one to go do. Don't uh, harass me. <laughs> you can uh, follow the that's podcast. That's not me. It's not me. Well, you it's just, just said the one I, I, mon- I monitor. I monitor. Oh, so it's you. <laughs> you can follow the podcast at crash course fm remember you can also like us on facebook crash course podcast you can go to our youtube channel subscribe like i said uh, there'll be a youtube exclusive on there here within the next few uh next probably week or so with our best of podcast um from 2020 um we'll, that'll be exclusively on youtube just because like i said the end of the year with all you know the delays and stuff of the season we took a lot of our weeks off we normally would take like earlier in the year when there was nothing to talk about we have we, no we have no choice right no the I, season kicking off everything is happening all at once right now right this exactly is typically a, a a little bit of a slower time of year because we're in the middle of the nba or starting to be in the in the already yeah. in the nba season college football is wrapping up nfl is wrapping up yeah, really this it. would be this would be our college football playoff preview, and then we'd be back in January with the NFL playoff preview, and that would be, you know, this would have been normally our last. Yeah, this would have been this this, this past weekend would have been the uh, conference championships game. Yeah, so this podcast would have been the last one of the year, and then we would have been. Um, yeah. on our two-week hiatus and then being back with the playoffs and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a different animal this year because of everything being delayed and all that kind of stuff. Um, but remember, you can also um, listen every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course podcast. Um, 
And then also remember, uh, you can f- also go follow us on Twitch, 3C Media. Uh, we'd love to hear you know feedback live from you guys. So go check out the Twitch channel. Go give it a follow. Um, we'd love to hear you guys live, um, you know, reacting to different kind of things. So don't be shy. Go follow the podcasts, and uh, we'd be more than we, we really want to interact with you guys. So that will do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Remember, last uh, next week we are going to be talking about the college football playoff and that kind of thing because we will kind of know how everything's going to play out there. But until then, have a good week, everybody.